on this computer and we're broadcasting. It is my pleasure today to welcome a man who is uh, a great leader within our Jewish community and who I have the pleasure to have as a friend, Rabbi Yaakov Horwitz. Rabbi Horwitz is a true innovator in Jewish education, but perhaps one of the most fascinating areas is in the way he has helped people with children at risk. And we'll talk about that in a lot of different ways. And we'll also hopefully touch on today uh, his new Gemara book, the curriculum that he's been working on, which the way I always see it is one of the ways of reducing children at risk in our community as well. So Rabbi Horowitz, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Rabbi Lenny, it's always a pleasure. I, I'm looking at the virtual shul in the background and uh, I had the great success of being there twice, of lecturing there twice. It's a, it was absolutely, both Shabbos were delightful. And I look forward to having you back and to soon be able to give you a big hug as well. Amen. Not just virtual ones. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, Rabbi... This is water, me, not vodka. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, let me start with some simple questions. Just, you know, a lot of people know of your great work, but it's always been amazing to me that you're a person, you went to Tarvadas, you were very close with the Rapam, obviously you're from a Hasidish background, and that you've been able to cross all sorts of boundaries in our community. I, I remember when you were with me at a conference from Yeshiva University as well. How did you make that shift? How were you able to, to work, walk in so many different worlds so successfully? That's a great question. And um, it's one of the things that I'm, proud of that my wife Odi and I have been, we raised our children to be, not to be put in a box, you know, to be their, their own people and to, to respect everyone and take good from all community. By the way, that's how Tarvadas was, you know, it was, I believe there was a great influence of Roshaga Feivelman, the love of Shaga Mendelowitz. Um, virtually every one of them, he died in 1948, but he was the visionary leader of Tarvadas and his philosophy really was um, you know, like the Rambam says, you know, take truth from, from everyone. And, and all of, every single one of my rebellion was with Talmidim of his for many years. And it was as if I got to know him, know him through his Talmidim. There was something that, but then, but then as I got into advocacy and working with abuse victims and teens at risk, um, when people ask me, which, uh, who do you work with? Like what kind of kids? So I always say, my standard answer is, I learned from the Malachim of us, from the angel of death. He doesn't differentiate. You know, he, he, the, God forbid when people have problems, the kids who are, who are passing around a joint or worse, don't care where they, where they came from at all. You know, and, and you go to these recovery retreats, nobody cares. And I just try to live my life like that. It's not always easy. Sometimes you have to dance between the raindrops, but um, that's the, thank you very much for starting with that. Thank you. No, it, it's, it's one of the most amazing things because there are people who have connections and yet you have acceptance across a very wide spectrum. Uh, your, your book that you came out regarding children's safety against abuse, uh, how many different versions are there now? We have four. They and we're Baruch Hashem in over 110,000 homes between the versions. Wow. We have a, an English version called Let's Stay Safe. Um, the second book we did was a book in Yiddish, which 
honest to goodness, I made it together with the Satma community in Monroe. I, I went to one of the leaders there and I said, look, I'm making a Yiddish book. I would love it to be congruent with whatever your, you know, your, the, the, the culture, the style, everything. I said, I'll change anything. It's not about me. And we redid the whole book and put it in Yiddish and they took over 7,000 copies. And then we have a book in Yiddish, in, in, in Hebrew for the Haredi community. And uh, that's called Levetach. Zaygezunt is the book in, in Yiddish. Levetach, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Masha um, Batuach Batuach is the Haredi version. And about a year and a half ago, we, we just uh, released a Gatilui version called Levetach. Really? Wow. And the idea is the pictures correspond to, you know, to, we redid the pictures. The idea is that everything should look like their life. Mm-hmm. So we, my, our daughter Leah was in Israel when we started the, the book. She literally took the English book and said, okay, I need a street corner. I need a kitchen. She knocked on a few doors and I would take pictures, you know, to get the tiles right in the picture. It was very important for us for, for the messages. That's amazing. And in terms of our world today, our, our Jewish world, our, our general world, are we in a better place with the children at risk? Are we, is it still growing? Where, where do you see things happening today? I, I, I think it's much, much better. It's much better. Look, we, we in, in, in every, almost in every area of life, we go through a discom- an uncomfortable phase where, where people, um, you know, you go through the discomfort of talking about an issue that nobody wants to talk about. And, it seems to be getting worse for years. And I'll take the issue of child sexual abuse or teens at risk, um, or even you know mental wellness in today's environment. Or thankfully now it's becoming more. Look at the, look at mental wellness and you know that the, the um, you know 10, 20 years ago, if someone took their own life, if someone had a child or a young adult, you know it was written off as an aneurysm, right? People, and nobody wanted to pry, but you know, people knew, whoever knew, knew, but it was just in the public, it was, they told that he just died, you don't know what happened. And today, in the most Haredi circles, um, you know, I've been, unfortunately, at too many of those shiva homes, and the parents say, our son struggled with depression, or our son is bipolar, and you know, or he had an addiction. They talk more openly about it. So, obviously, you start finding out when people talk about something, you start finding out more about it. There are more cases of abuse, the teens at risk, or people suffering from mental wellness issues once you talk about it, eating disorders. So it gets worse for a while, and then everybody that was reluctant to, to you know, the, those who were opposed to the change are saying, I told you this is a terrible idea. Look what you're doing. It's so much worse than it was. It's not worse. We just found out about it now. But then it starts getting better. Was part of the function because we were, our expectations had shifted to such a narrow band of what's considered success, whether it's financial or religious, you know, you have to look like this, you have to do this, or were there other things that were going on? I think it's part of it. I think it's definitely part of it. Um, and, and the good part is that today's parents are parenting in ways that our parents, I don't know yours, I, I met your mom, I believe, right? Yes, yes. She, she may be online right now. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Well, be careful. She's. I, she's I, I remember I gave you a compliment, Mrs. Matanki. If you're on, your son rocks. <laughs> I love talking to him. Um, but like the truth is that our parents' generation really didn't know much about what we were doing. Is that a fair statement? Probably. Oh, certainly less than today. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, when we grew up, uh, you know, when adults had a conversation, you weren't, you weren't, it wasn't appropriate for you to mix in or to talk, you know, it was, it was more, it was more of a European model. Even today, if you go to, to London or, I'm, I'm generalizing, but it's typically more of a, of a, you know, more of an, a hierarchy in, in schools and, and we, we American, the culture is not like this. So I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that parents today are more aware of what's going on and awareness and the fact that we've been talking about it, I think also, also certainly helps. But it, I, I think it's, it's, a only, um, it's a healthy, healthy process that's grueling, that's really painful. Now, now you do a lot of parenting classes and you, you talk to parents. What, if you had to give you know, your, your two or three top pieces of advice to parents about children today, what would they be? Have a happy home, be flexible. And when you have an issue, consider it a family issue, not this kid's issue. I Can would say, well- Expand on that last one a little bit more. When people come to me, Rev Lenny, and um, I wish I had the time. I don't really have that much time to deal with individual families. Um, but when people come and start talking about the kid, Ravleni, I promise you, I can usually tell within three minutes, five minutes, if the kid's going to make it. And I'm sorry. I'm just I'm amazed. I'm amazed, but I know. And, and sometimes through. make it means that the parents go through the hell for for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones who come in and say, Rabbi Horowitz, we're having a problem in our family, or, you know, our, uh, our child is having some, an, an issue, and we, we will do whatever it takes for him or her, we're, we're, we're behind him or her, and we, we're going to make it work, please to give some advice, and they talk stuff like that, and they're flexible, and they don't care about what the neighbors say if their child needs something different. Um, those kids make it somehow. If you ask me, you know, if I, if I was an actuary and, and putting statistics out, I, I think I'd have a pretty, a pretty good handle on them. When parents come in and say, oh, I, I cringe with Lenny, you know, you know, I'm a straight shooter. I don't say anything to parents who are in pain. But they come in and they say something like, our first two children, oh, such nachas and this one and i say no please don't think like this please you have a child that's different you have a child that needs something different um don't do this please and some try to think of it differently and many don't many don't and then excuse me you know it becomes a blame game on the child and um you know, I, I, I hear things like, you know, when, when this daughter, when our daughter's not home for Shabbos, like the whole house is different. And it, it might be true. It might be true. You know, nothing prepares you for raising an out-of-the-box, you know, kid that, that, that's not playing school well or has learning disabilities or has anything else. It's terrible. The, the nachas 
is, you know, when you see it long-term, when you see it long-term, and funny, it's very similar parallel to what you asked, what you said about the, the communal stuff. Um, I had tremendous nachas, a, a child whose parents went through years and years of unspeakable pain and confusion um, in the last, you know, year or two, was actually to have an, a grandchild from this, from this child. And, you know, I, say, I said, I said <laughs> so the mother tells me, she says, Rabbi Horowitz, you always tell me that the grandkids are God's reward for not strangling the teenagers, <laughs> you know? But, but um, I always say, stay in the game, just stay in the game. And, it's, and what happens is, it's, it's fascinating. At, at one of the weddings of someone who was, uh, I was recently at a wedding, thank God, married a lovely girl, um, had a, went through a very, very difficult phase. And I never talk, but the friends all knew that I was coaching the family. And a few people came over to me at the table and said, like, um, what's the one thing that you, what, what, basically what you said, what's your takeaway from all of this? Or what, what do we need to know as parents? So I said, I said, I'm not discussing this child. I'm not, I did, I don't talk about what I, who I talk to or who I don't. But the thing I would tell you is the hardest time when dealing with a kid like this is the first six, 12, 24 months. Because you tell the child, talk to us about anything. And they do. And they, you give them more space because you know you have to. So it seems, it actually does get worse. They're, the things that they've been hiding from you, they do out in public. And you take them for therapy, which brings about tremendous churn. So, you know, I said the hardest time is the beginning when you're following the advice of people who are guiding you and it just seems to be getting worse. And I keep getting contact from the parents who are going through this. They say, Rabbi Horowitz, please, it's worse. It's much worse than it's as please thing in here. Well, so let me switch for a moment and let's go over to, as opposed to the children at risk, the educational things you've been doing. You founded a yeshiva. My first love. You founded a yeshiva. You were ahead. You were active every single moment of that yeshiva in its founding. You were the first director of Project Yes. And over the last several years, you've been starting to address the question of Gemara learning. Why did you pick Gemara? And how are you viewing the learning of Gemara differently? Um, another, another great question. Um, we, we're launching a new website soon, and I had to come with a tagline. So I, I wrote what it is. It's, it's, it went through many iterations of it. It says, identify, advocate, prevent. I was trying to tie together what I do, you know, identify an issue that people aren't talking about, advocate, talk about it. And then I just naturally, once other organizations step in and there are more resources and people are talking about it more, I always want to prevent them. So hence the child safety book and the, and the classes and, and, you know, safety classes and parenting classes. But I, I've always felt that, you know, I started as an eighth grade Rebbe in, in um, my, my first students are, are 52 years old now, for 51, excuse me. My first students, I just turned 61 now. So um, I started right out of, right out of Kolel, and I, many of the years I volunteered for the weakest track, and I just saw that 
educationally, I've been saying this all my adult life, that educationally, I'm not any of the social stuff, I think it is the number one reason why kids abandon religion is when they just get frustrated with Gemara. The low, the low ball number, you ask off the record, any principal in the world, high school, this medrash, you ask them what percentage of your kids absolutely know nothing about Gemara. No one who's semi-honest will tell you less than a third. It's more than that. And, and what happens is, you know, it's complicated text in a foreign language. If you take the emotion out of it, it's, it's complicated text in a foreign language with no punctuation, and you're teaching it to 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds. So, you know, I wrote, I wrote many, many, many articles about it, um, about this. One of the more famous one of that one is like, it doesn't start in 10th grade. And what happens is like the kids, they fall, they fall behind a bit and the train is off and they just, they just, then they get frustrated after a while and they just throw up their hands and they just say, it's not for me. When I went to Tarvadas, he said, Tarvadas, in 12th grade, we learn Kumar two hours a day. They don't tell you that. <laughs> two hours, Rev Lenny, oh. I'm not kidding. Two hours a day. The rest was voluntary. And my class, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Reisman was a year older than me, Rabbi Shashli Barnberg, Rabbi Carolina, or Rashi Yeshiva, you know, I was running around in the hallways, but they were sitting learning. So whoever wanted to, we got dismissed at six o'clock. The serious guys went to the best which I went to play ball. But I'm saying it, it was, it was said so the kids learned Gemara so much that if they don't, it's like a portal to religion now. So why isn't it, you know, the Maharal, the railed against all of these things. So this isn't a new challenge that we have. Instead of, why, you know, I grew up, I, and the Balabatim, the, the simple Balabatim and Shul were not learning Dafyomi, they were learning Enyakov. Right. They got it. Right. Stories, which you can learn a tremendous amount of Musr from. And then somewhere along the line, everyone had to be in the same track to become a major Talmud Chacham. Instead of the battle you're having now of trying to make Gemara more accessible for the weaker students who may never use it again, why are we trying to um, say, you know, let's go back to an hour a day, a half hour a day, a little bit. Mitsuyaning, the top, let them get the... the, the Reb Lenny, it's not, it's, respectfully, it's not for the weaker kids, it's for all the kids. Some kids can function despite the fact that they're missing basics. Look, you know, I love the golf, okay? You put me on the course, I taught myself. I never took a lesson. I actually took one very recently, but um, you put me on a course, I played with four I can tell you in two minutes who took lessons. So they, what do they teach you? They teach you fundamentals. And so you get around it right now. So I don't know exactly where to stand. And I'm sure I, I would probably shave a few little strokes off my uh, game if I did. But whatever, I'm 60 years old, I'm not learning anything, you know. But uh, the, the Gemara, the fundamentals of what they're not, it's not just the weaker children, it's every child. They don't, so in terms like what we did, I'm giving a series of classes now for my, on my first Gemara book. You're all invited. You can send an email to events at thebrightbeginnings.com. Um, we're doing classes now on beginner Gemara. I sent out an, an email of my firm belief that every single I, I said after the first class, I designed a 55-minute class that anyone 
religious, non-religious, no, no Gemara background, a bad experience in school, they're hard, harder actually. They don't want to touch a Gemara, they're traumatized by it. Um, I can teach them how to learn Gemara from an art scroll in 55 minutes. I have a syllabus that, that it just teaches them the basics, how it came into being, who the people are, and how to read the whispers. I call it the whisper. You need someone whispering in your ear um, the background information that you need to know. Gemara is our, our um, craftsmen talking in their language. Okay, so if you went to a group of people who were bricklayers and they started talking, you know, plumb lines and this and that, and you knew nothing about, you would, if you sat there with them, you wouldn't know what's going on. So Gemara was that type of discussion. It starts on the fourth floor. So we start from the ground floor. And I, I, I tell them, you can get right up there. I did two pre-lessons, and tonight we're starting Gemara itself. How many lessons are you planning online? Um, I plan to do probably another six, eight, ten. Depending. I want to get, I'm doing Yishal Amidas, which, you, as you know, is such a difficult subject. Um, but we're very excited. I got feedback. Uh, one of the people wrote me before the class that, that, can he go? He said, I just can't pick up a Gemara because I had such a horrible experience in school. I, I, I don't know. I don't believe I'll ever be able to know it. And it's really, it's fundamentals that, and you know, you asked me why schools don't do it. I don't blame principals for this one. Not because I'm a principal, I was. It, the parents are driving the heads of school crazy. Because if they, if you opened the school now in Chicago and you said, we're going to do everything that's educationally sound. We're gonna delay the learning of Gemara. We'll learn more Mishnah. We're gonna just learn Gemara, like you said, an hour plus. What are they gonna say? Matenki has a school for weaker kids, and nobody's going to send to your school. And, and your Gemara... I shouldn't say nobody. Yeah. A, a small minority will. And the books that you're producing now, how many have you done? And what Masechta, like what grade levels are they for? So, so we, have, we have two books on beginner brachas, Masechta brachas, fourth period, and that is a full year of curriculum. So we have a full year of curriculum for brachas. Now we Eight finished months? our first... Sorry? What's the age level of that one? Whoever, whenever they start, you know. Work high school, it would work elementary school? The high school, the graphics are, you know, geared for middle school kids. But I've had, I've had 60-year-olds buy, buy the book, and, and they, they look at it and they say, why didn't anybody teach me this? They get so insulted and so, I'm telling you, they get so upset. Why didn't anybody tell me this? I want you something fascinating. I had a... I was at a Pesach program a few years ago, and I did that 55-minute class. It was entitled, Your Son's Favorite Chavrusa. And I'm teaching parents who have no Gemara background how to learn. There was an 83-year-old man there who lives in the greater New York area. I'm going to get choked up. He came over to me in tears after, and furious. He, was, so he said, I became a Balchufa 60 years ago. He said, I'm a pretty bright guy. Don't tell me. He said, I met this Pesach program with 44 members of my family. That's uh, yeah. a lot of zeros, right? <laughs> and I'm able to afford this. I built up a business from scratch. He said, I, I went to Gemara classes. I didn't know what they were talking about. He said, my God, I could just do it right now. He said, I, where, was I all, where were you all my life? You know? I said, where was I all my life? I didn't have me either when I was in Yeshiva. <laughs> but it, it, it's so frustrating. It's, so, it's just, just 
learn the fundamentals, stop. And, and we designed it to match the school's curriculum. Even though I believe, you know, we slow down or whatever it is, they could do this. If they just do it for a year, a year like this, I believe that, you know, that they'll, that it'll, it'll be a nine day difference for the best kids. This is not a book for weaker children. Weaker children are helped more by it. But I'm telling you, it's, the, every, it, it's everybody needs it. Like, in my opinion. You did Brachos and now you're, you're which was Now we're doing Baba Metzia, Elo Metzias, which is Yishalami uh, So we're about a third of the way through the project. We have two more books. We're about halfway through book number two. The Yishalami Das took a year longer and so much more money because we invested in timelines and graphics and, and you know, to give the kids every tool possible uh, to track the, the Chakravatari, the logic of the Gemara. Um, I'm working on a business plan. I didn't say this in public. I think this is the first time I'm saying it in public. I have, I'm preparing a business plan to do a full four-year curriculum. To do, I didn't have the, uh, what do they call it in the business world? You know, I didn't have proof of concept until now. We sold over 20,000 books. I didn't take out a single ad yet, not a single one. Um, and we're in over 100 yeshivas. So, you know, we clearly have proof of concept. I got requests to translate it to Yiddish, to Hebrew. Um, so now what I would love to do, Rablani, before I hang up my sneakers, I, I would love to produce an educationally sound um, four-year curriculum, maybe even through a larger one through high school, but at least four years, probably the schools that learn slower to carry them through high school with a, with a real curriculum. You know, I, we taught this skill in this grade. We do this, you know, it's, you look at a, a secular textbook, the, the support materials they have and the, the way things, times tables you do in third grade, you know? So that's my dream to be able to create something like this. And I'm, I'm not stopping till I do it. That, that is the most encouraging piece, but we only have a few more minutes, but if you were looking out the next few years, what's going to be the biggest challenge we're going to have as a community in America? Um, I'll be a contrarian and say, I, I, think, I think it's the generational changes that folks who don't deal with kids don't realize. Um, today's kids, the, the Generation Z kids, are so much more tolerant. Um, they're, they're very, very different. They're raised, they were raised with phones in their hands. And we haven't done this yet. We've been tinkering around with kids who, who played around with it a little bit. Um, I think they need to be taught differently. They're gonna need to be able to ask questions. I think this generational shift, even something like LGBTQ issues, the even the most Haredi circles across the board, the younger generation are so much more likely to say, look, I, I get it, I know what the Torah says, but a guy told me in Yiddish, a Hasidish fellow, he was talking, he came to me to ask me for help. He says, listen, you know, he says, I keep all the mitzvahs, of course. He said, how can I judge what a person does? You know, I'm saying it's like a very, very different attitude. And, and it, it's everywhere, it's not just the, the inappropriate content. I think that's going to be our biggest challenge. With that change. Well, what? Baruch Hashem, with that kind of challenge, we have people like you, Rabbi Yankee, who is going to help us. 
and keep on nudging us in the right direction. We could go on for a very long time, but I, I am very much aware of your time, how precious it is, and how many more swearing you have to put out already. So I just <laughs> all of us, I want to thank you for saving lives, for fighting the fight. I didn't even touch on the question of the libel suit you had had to defend yourself against with an abuser in Israel and uh, continuing to have that um, smile that allows Thank you everyone. very much. I, I just want to tell the listeners, all of our books, the Hebrew books are all on Amazon now. We just got them up last week. Wow. So if you go to Amazon and you just do Bright Beginnings, the Yaakov Horowitz or uh, Brachas, Elamitzias, if you search on Amazon, uh, you'll, you'll pick up, we have all our Chumash books, we have Chumash books also. They, you can get them on Amazon, you can have them by tomorrow night. And you said you haven't done any advertising yet. <laughs> I did not, I did not. This is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I didn't take any print media ads. Ah, okay. Thank you so much for joining Pleasure us. Pleasure of I'm always available to come safe. back. And I appreciate it. Bye-bye, have a great day. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, be well.